Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This week on Up to 19, we talk. I don't know what we're talking about, Jamie. We're talking JC Lee Dugar. I know, I did know, but I wasn't exactly sure um, of her full name. So. I always think of her as JC. Yes, do you know what? I was confused. Which is mad, that. isn't it? Um, JC termates. So this is a bit of a mad story. Um, bit of a true crime one. Uh, yeah. It is one that actually somebody did get in touch and we need to start just writing this in the notebook. Someone did get in touch and suggest uh, JC Dugard as a topic. Yes. So if you are that oh, person, do get in touch. Please we'll get retweet in touch. or yeah. whatever uh, your faved social media platform is. Yes, We'll give you the creds. I think probably the one we're using most is Instagram at the moment. Well, you're kind of in charge of it, so I'm not even going to pretend. Let's just say with mixed results, I didn't realise that the Up to 90 Facebook page was linked with my Instagram. So my apologies. Uh, I only actually, I swear to God, I only saw that. are you going to tell me? Oh, Judy, I only Me screaming saw... <laughs> to Bonnie Tyner at Forever Young last weekend. I swear to God, I only saw it today. Um, How long this, has this been going on le- for? I don't know. I only saw it today before I left the house. I'd never seen it before. And I was like, I didn't know that I was at Bonnie Tyner with Judy. That's mad. It must have been a great night. And then I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, no, so my apologies, guys. So it's all sorted. Yeah, we're kind of focusing on the Instagram. We'll see. We um have... Uh, I know we keep banging on about the live podcast, but we do have something now in the works that we'll be announcing shortly. Yes. Um. So it's happening, etc. And we will, because a couple of people did get in touch actually about the live podcast. And oh, well. We will definitely have something up and ready to rock. And, you know, there will be no cloaks and daggers. It will be very clear how you get tickets, when it's on, who's yeah. going to be on it, all the rest. And so we'll be doing that in the next couple of weeks. Um, big shout out to our sponsor, of course, the Wonder. How's that crate going, Emma? It's going. It's going. It's really going. I'm just starting to panic. But I'm getting I'm out of the pair. I have my Copperberg glass. And I the have glasses are great. Aren't they lovely? Oh, they're great glasses. So yeah. when people come to my gaff, I'm always going to throw them out my drink. I, the, the, All the time. doesn't matter what time it is. I'm just like, yeah. Now, Fred did accidentally break a cup of our glass. Do you remember oh, the night that we were recording yeah, the Eurovision? Yeah. He just got a bit carried away did, with the Mickey Joe Hart. Um, but we forgive we him. We got that. the world tonight. Ooh. 
Now, someone actually did get on to us, and it was a very fair point to say we didn't mention Mickey Joe Hart in the Eurovision episode, but was he not naughty? He was naughty. But I know what, no, it was, it was. But it's I a know glaring it omission. Was. I know who it was. It was Breach, who is one part of the fantastic podcast. Bandwagons with oh, Fanula. brilliant. Yes. A, they're great. So it was Breed with her eagle eye ear. Um, yeah, no, it was. It, you're right. Glaring omission. It's hard to stick to the 90s, though. I think when it's Sometimes. something like Mickey Joe Hart. You kind just, of feel like it should have been in the 90s, but it wasn't. It just, you'd be surprised, guys. Um, he's still not working. A boot, not he's a bootleg like gene in sight. Oh, yeah. Up to 90. Up to 90, up to 90, with Emma and Julie. Oh, yeah. I want to give a big shout out to April who did my nails for me. God, now you make me feel really Thanks, snobby and elitist and superior because I don't know the name of the lovely girl who did my nails. <laughs> but that doesn't mean well, I, I was don't in care. her kitchen, so I should fucking okay. know her name, in fairness. Uh, look, but I did give, I did give, a, uh, we always give the big tip. I did give the big tip, of course. Um, but yeah, we were just talking about the nails and how they're great and just make you feel so polished. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the way, the, you know, the way in, in the States, etc. Yeah. Um, not to generalise other but the countries. men the men are really into the whole like, you know, nail care, manicures, pedicures, etc. Do you think it's gonna take off years and only a matter of time that the men will get on board? I don't know. I mean if only for the little bit of relaxation the fellas the should re- get on board. The pedicure is just phenomenal for that oh really I don't know yeah. the feet I fairly scald your feet though I hate my feet so much they're I really really I just I think don't if like someone says oh do you know what my feet aren't too bad I actually quite like them I'd be like a psychopath yeah I thought it was interesting actually Louise Duffy you know the Today FM presenter yeah. in an interview when asked what her favourite body part I have never in my life encountered an Irish person who gave this response what did she say her response her yeah. toes. Who does not? What Irish person okay. doesn't spend their whole lives hiding their toes? But that's from what the you do. In this, them. this is what you do in this climate, anyway. Your feet, your feet get exposed for like three hours. Yeah. In it's probably not even the summer. It's probably like that nice week in September. Now I'm hoping, I'm hoping that she said toes purely because it's some sort of inside joke with her mate. No, because then Siobhan, I, who hates feet, do you know what I mean? And she said, "Oh, my toes." No, because then get a kick I went out of off that. and I started googling her feet, and she, her toes are, her toes could play the piano. She's just got these really low. My thing with my toes is just everything's quite crushed. Do you know, I've been, I've been. Just, Did you delete that search history? I've been. St- look, it's now. My wallpaper and my WhatsApp conversations. Louise but just, Duffy's toes. But, you How know, I think it's toes? good. Louise, get in touch. Okay, look, I'm actually going to get a picture <laughs> of her toes up. Damn. But I just think it's good to have, you know, I put your toes. What can you do with your toes? Like, I've been cramming my toes into, like, wedge boots for two decades Well, now. I think the best the thing. The damage is Do you know when my feet were never better? Never better. It was in the Gwail Talked. And we were on the beach for a whole day, bare feet, no flip flops, just bare feet the whole I day. Get it, yeah. And uh, my feet were immaculate. Because it was this, okay, are the you sand. ready? 
I Are know. you ready it's to see the erosion? The toes. Oh, oh, Louise's toes. Yeah, it gives a look. Okay, I'm just going to show you Louise's toes. So, what's her you know Instagram? What? I think Where can people find a picture of Louise Duffy's feet? Oh, Jesus. Hang on. Look at those toes. They're actually incredible. I mean, are in they fairness. all... I mean, they're like fingers, but not in a creepy way. No, no. They're like short fingers. Do you know, like, every now and again when I go in to get my pedicure, I just... I start, obviously, with an apology because I'm just like, I'm so sorry you have to do this. But I just think those girls... If they've just done Louise Duffy's toes and in I come with my hooves, what can only be described as hooves. I mean, she could be a fucking foot model with them feet. Aren't they amazing? Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she is beautiful though, to be fair. Um, she's but another, the toes. She's another one. I know you, I, to borrow Emma's um, on point, on point uh, description. Um, for people with sallow skin, uh, when you were talking about the fact that, you know, Louise is another one who just can wake up of a morning and decide she's wearing shorts. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah, another one of those. God, now, and now, sorry, Judy's made the picture the proper size and all I can look at is the feet. I know, <laughs> now that she said it. I mean, there's just no going back now. And I just, you know, I just often think. <laughs> Sorry, Judy's just sitting there holding up a picture of the foot to me while she speaks, just to make you aware, listener. Anyway, yeah. So look, I mean, we're all. How do we start on my feet? We're talking about nails. We're talking about nails, etc. Yeah. Uh, so we got the world tonight. Is that enough for your breed? Is it? Is that enough? Is that enough, Mickey Joe Hart for you now? Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Um, anyway, listen, we're going to start now with the topic. The topic is happening. Uh, oh, okay, hang on so a sec. Look at this. Take a picture of that now for Instagram for up to 90 page. No coffee cups, please. Don't you don't tell me what to do. What's this all about head stuff? OK, let's it's do a an fucking L. Bin. I'm going to do an L. OK, welcome to head stuff. We're recording the podcast live with Emma Doran. Got my vape. Oh, show us the nails. Look at that. She is polished. Now, we can't see your little head. She's beautiful, isn't she? Um, Yeah. So, JC Dugard, do you remember the story? I do. So, I mean, not to, um, I don't want to sound bad, but there was a period of time where there seemed to be uh, lots of different, not lots, but a good few American blonde girls kind of going missing. But I do remember. You're probably thinking maybe of Elizabeth Smart. Yes. As well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Because there were overlaps with that case. So tell me a little bit about so JC it. So JC Dugard, I mean, it's an insane story. Um, absolutely insane. So basically JC um, JC Dugard was an 11-year-old girl. Yeah. Living in California by Lake Tahoe. Um, June the 10th, she was abducted from a street while walking to the school bus stop. So just to like paint a picture, she had literally like left her house and walked up to the school bus stop to get to go to school. Mm-hmm. She was at the bus stop and this grey car approached and she thought that these people were asking for directions. The guy produces a stun gun, stuns yes. her. Okay. Yeah. She collapses and the partner, the wife in question, actually pulled her into the car. Now, the really just crazy thing about this is mm. broad daylight, multiple witnesses. So like her school classmates are there. 
her stepfather watched the whole thing unfold. Mm. Uh tried to pursue them so he got on a bike and tried to pursue them but like obviously couldn't you know gave them chase but couldn't keep up etc the school classmates which is just the really like it's one of the the more heartbreaking parts to the story the school classmates got on the bus and they told the bus driver JC's been taken someone's taken JC and the bus driver said something on the lines of well I've got four more kids to pick up so just get on the bus just didn't give a shit. But there was so many. Didn't know, like obviously didn't know, didn't comprehend what the kids well, were trying to articulate. I mean, I'd f- imagine. I mean, you would. I mean, obviously, probably didn't. Well, that's what I'd be saying. Yeah. But you just, you driver. couldn't, you couldn't. I don't think anyone in that moment probably would have comprehended mm. the gravity of the situation because it's the first thing in the morning. It's in a really safe area. Yeah. Her family had actually moved there because they wanted to live in a safer place. Um, with their kids, the stepfather pursued. Obviously, couldn't uh, couldn't keep up, and JC disappeared for eighteen years before she resurfaced. So, in I'm that saying. moment, the fact that they got away with this in and of itself is just insane. Um, so, JC Dugard, uh, it was June the tenth, nineteen ninety one. As I said, typical eleven year old. She did. Uh, she wrote a book, of course, a stole a knife. Um, which has sold a lot of copies and she did that she's done a lot of interviews yeah. did the requisite O etc but the Diane Sawyer one was her first and that was the one really you know when you're looking up stuff about JC um, that kind of comes up most so in that interview was with ABC and with Diane Sawyer of course and like just I mean obviously like so sad on so many levels but even um uh, Diane comments on the fact she's wearing a pine cone mm-hmm. and she's got a little pine cone silver necklace and she says oh yeah the, I, I, I have a pine cone silver necklace because that was the last thing I touched before I was taken so when she fell Gosh. after being stunned she touched off a pine cone and then she was like it just has particular significance for me she comes across I mean I think nearly everyone should watch the interview because you just think oh my god I think I have problems she comes across as such a positive hopeful, optimistic, resilient, like just an amazing girl, like just yeah. full of fun. I mean, unbelievable. Like it's actually, it's a, it's a very moving interview because she's just phenomenal. She's amazing. But anyway, so she talks about her time uh, in captivity. So basically what happened was this guy who had been a convicted sex offender, so Philip Garedo, um, and his wife, Nancy, they were the two people who abducted yeah. J.C. Dugard. So he was a convicted convicted sex offender and was essentially like just this, you know, bit of a, obviously a very manipulative character because yeah. he had been convicted of this kidnap and sexual assault, rape, etc. Sentenced to 50 years, but managed to sweet talk um, the authorities and the judge, etc. So he got this commuted to 11 years. He was actually out in 11 years. So if he had served the original 50 years, he wouldn't have been released until 2016, seven okay. years after JC like escaped. Mm. So he was in prison and Nancy, who became his wife, was yeah. visiting her uncle. She met Philip Goretto. Right. Um, they hooked up, got married. Uh, he came out and obviously you know, was on parole, etc. But the parole officers got like, you know, they got a, a serious uh, ribbing when it came to the fact that they were just totally nonchalant, like couldn't give two shits what he was up to. Mm. Um, but he came out of, of prison, obviously had serious issues, um, you know, very 
disturbing sexual deviances, etc. And he was uh, very much committed to finding a victim. And Nancy, his wife, was very much involved. She was like, yeah, no problem. I'm on board. Mm. So apparently it's it's kind of generally accepted now. Nancy was the one who scouted for the for the victim. Okay. Uh, so she was the one who had kind of spotted JC. And like, I think there is something I know, you know, we talk about making things gendered, etc. But there is something about a woman being involved with this that I just think... It often happens, oh doesn't it? God. But they're used to kind of lower, like lower. Yeah. Sure, I even know myself, you know, it's a terrible thing to say, but it's true. If you see a woman in a playground. Yeah. Just like there's a woman in the playground. But if you see a man in the playground, there is this thing in your brain where you automatically try to uh, just kind of make sure that he's with kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think it's 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 just the ultimate betrayal of trust. There is something about a woman, like and so many. I mean, Myra Hindley, of Rose course. West. It's the perfect cover. And it's I like, think a little a bit woman. of it, a little bit of it is kind of what society tells you, and then a little bit of it is, you know, maybe your, your own, own personal experience. Yeah, 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 exactly. That you just kind of, you know, even as a kid. If you fell and you couldn't find your mom, you know, like another mom yeah. would kind of come up to you or you might kind of run to another mom. Yeah. Because you're like, well, uh, you know, she's she's a mom, so she'll know what to do with this. So I think, yeah, as you say, it's kind of the do- like an extra betrayal. In a way. It really is. And I mean, obviously, it goes like saying like the two of them were, you know, completely fucked. So she was kept in these sheds yes. in the back garden. So they had a lot of outdoor stuff going on, didn't they? Lots of outdoor stuff going on. So you have all this outdoor stuff going on and like just even... Um, like tents and sheds and yeah. kind of, wasn't it? Loads of shit. Yeah. So even this should have alerted the authorities. Like the man was on parole. Mm. Like not once did a parole officer go into his back garden and have a look. And like just from overhead aerial footage, like yes. loads of tents, loads of sheds, all the rest. So she was kept there, um, the poor thing, JC, and um, obviously was, um, you know, treated appallingly, etc. And uh, she said that in particular, obviously, you know, um, Garrido was, uh, you know, a very sadistic uh, person, etc. But she said Nancy was particularly manipulative, and that's what she found particularly hard to come okay, to terms with. Yeah. So you know, again, this thing of like playing like a maternal role, but it's also a bit more grey with her, like yeah, but being mm. playing the maternal role, but also obviously being completely complicit in this. Yeah. So like you know, the first time she would have visited her um, in the shed, she like brought her like a teddy and was all apologies, etc., etc. Mm. Um, and then she said that you know there was just another level of cruelty to her because it was just so manipulative right, okay. whereas with Garrido obviously he was a very volatile like clearly very perverse character mm. but with Nancy at times she would play this part and she just found this much more difficult to get her head around and that really comes across actually in the interview so she probably it was harder to kind of figure out what she would be getting with her when yeah. she came into contact with her or whatever yeah 
And then obviously, Green, like he had a serious drug problem. So he used to go on these drug fueled, like kind of, you know, sessions, etc. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, JC talks like in the interview about like, you know, at the end of like these sessions where obviously horrendous things would happen to her, he would then, you know, up break down, be, you know, bawling, crying, saying like what a terrible person he was, etc. And she would be expected to comfort, comfort him. him. Yeah. I mean, so like, I mean, totally fucked. Start to finish. All about Garrido. So, um, and even things like, you know, they, they got her kittens and uh, they got her kittens and then the kittens would disappear, you know, like this kind of manipulation. Okay. And, and that was like her only kind of little bit of... Yeah. And she, uh, you know, and she wasn't allowed to refer to herself as JC. So she wasn't allowed to okay. use her real name. And she was caught with a journal that she had signed JC. Yeah. And it was Nancy, actually. So she ripped up the journal and she was like, OK, you're not allowed to write anymore. And then within a couple of years, they allowed her to, like, name herself, to give herself a new name. So she gave herself the name Alyssa. Um, so obviously it goes insane because this went on for so long mm. that so sorry I know you said it at the start but 18 years was it? 18 years so it was 1991 she was 11 right. so when she was 14 um, they brought her in which I can't believe so at this stage she has been in captivity for nearly 3 years mm. they brought her into the house on Easter Sunday for her first cooked meal in three years. So he would, like, if he fancied it, he might get her, like, fast food or something, okay. and, you know, as a treat, like this kind of thing. Mm. But she was brought in for her first, like, meal, cooked meal. And they said to her, we think you're pregnant. So she was pregnant. And, right. like, the poor little thing. So she had to, like, you know, watch uh, so TV shows, 14. So she had been allowed to watch TV, but wasn't allowed to watch the news because... Mm. Obviously, they didn't want her getting wind of the fact that people were looking for her, etc. And she had to watch on TV to work out like what the whole thing would touch, what was, you know, in store in terms of childbirth, all that kind of thing. Obviously, it goes out saying like she was in this shed. It had bars on the windows. She was told that there were Dobermans outside that would attack her if she tried to escape, like the usual, that kind Mm. of thing. Um, and we, we actually she, one of the one of the things which I thought was particularly sad there was so, I think the thing with JC Dugard so she had first of all she had um, her first baby when she was 14 and then a couple of years later she had another little girl so she had two daughters mm. and um, the thing with JC Dugard I think which is generally accepted as one of the biggest tragedies um, uh, in relation to the story she had so there were so many opportunities to save her that were missed. Yeah, just a catalogue of errors, a ca- catalogue of moments where somebody could have helped her and they didn't. So even at the outset, her being kidnapped, multiple witnesses, broad daylight, mm. and she actually said in the Diane Sawyer, and she doesn't go in, which I really respect. You know, she doesn't go into any particular detail or anything of what went on during her captivity because obviously she doesn't want to go there I'm sure um, uh, and she talks about the but one thing she said which I thought was just so just so sad was when she was taken that they were laughing in the car and Greta was saying I can't believe we got away with it like but even they could not believe in that moment that they'd actually gotten away with it yeah. so within a year um, like there were a few sightings so like so many just bizarre sightings so within a year um, there was a sighting of her 
at a petrol station really near where she was being held. Mm. And this guy rang up and was like, I've just seen a girl who looks like JC Dugard looking at a missing poster for herself. She's gone off in a yellow van. No way. And what did they find in 2007 when she was when the she was found? They found the van. The yellow van oh, was the still van, there sorry, in the backyard. But I mean, eighteen. <laughs> sorry, I loved you queuing it up for me there. But like, 18- and she went off in a, a yellow van. <laughs> and what did they find, Emma? What did they find? The poster? No, Emma. The van. But like the eighteen van, years Emma. later, the van is still there. And then there didn't were even these, give it a yeah. spray paint or anything. And then there was this, and this Jesus one, which Christ. I just couldn't believe. I remember hearing this at the time. And even now, like happening upon it again, it's completely mad. Neighbour Patrick McQuaid, he met her through the fence. Really? Now, I just don't. Now, I have so many questions, though, about him as well. Like, why would you just not call the cops on this person? Mm. He met her through the fence soon after she went missing. And he told her. She told sorry. She told him that his her name was JC. Yeah, and she he asked her, "Are you visiting or are you living here?" And she said, "I live here." And then they called her into the house. It's like what the fuck? Why wasn't he calling the cops? I don't know. Maybe he did. It's just crazy. There was an eight foot fence then put short shortly after that. They put an eight foot fence around the garden. Right. Um, and then Garrido had asked her as well that when she had the babies, that herself and the kids would call Nancy mother. So you can just imagine what the fuck was going on there in terms of that dynamic, like what people were getting out of these relationships. So Mm -hmm. he was like, look, you know, she'd really be much happier if you pretended that these babies that you've had are actually your sisters. And that's how we're going to, you know, go about things in the future. So that's kind of what was going on. And then, like, obviously he was just, he was this religious nut as well. So he had this blog called God's Desire Church. And as you can imagine, because obviously he was like essentially a meth head and a complete psycho, creep, pervert, rapist prick. Mm. I mean, the blog was just completely deranged. I mean, egomaniac, all the rest. Um, And the funny thing is, the police visited twice. Yeah. Did not find Dugard. His parole officer was there all the time. He actually got uh, sent back to prison for a little while. So this was one of the things I when it came to sentencing that completely dispensed with Nancy's thing of, oh, but I was a victim as well. Like, sure, you know... I mean, look, don't look to me. So sure, he went to prison because he failed a drugs test. And of course, he was in prison for four months. So who was running the show when he was gone? Obviously, Nancy. Like she Mm. had a window there. Yes. Where they all could have been safe, where, you know, Jay-Z and she knew he was returned. gone. He, she knew he was gone she for X amount he was of gone. time. He wasn't just going to come home, no. catch them in the act of like absolute, whatever. I know, absolute bitch. But yeah, so there you go. And like just loads of things like that. 2002, again, the fire department were called because there was a shoulder injury. Weirdly, this was a bit of a weird one. So the fire department, there was a record that they had responded to a child having a shoulder injury. Right. There was some incident with swimming pools. They had a record of this at Mm. this address, even though... There, he was not supposed to be living with children. Okay, so there was like a record yeah, that there yeah, was a child yeah. on his premises. And weirdly, there was no swimming pool. But they didn't investigate this further. He was living, of course, as well with his elderly mother. So when he was released released initially um, into from prison, he, which 
of course should not have happened uh, he was sent to live with his mother who was half disabled so she mm. wasn't really in a position to be keeping on tabs on him either so there was just yeah. this crazy complex dynamic going on in the house um, the police officer a parole officer then called to the house at one point and in the early noughties this is like 2002-2003 he met this child one of the kids mm. and he was told by Gerardo, Gerardo, Gerardo. He was told by Gerardo, "Oh yeah, she's like my brother's daughter." Like the brother didn't have any kids, so he could have called and like made sure that this yeah, child was yeah, actually yeah. a niece. Didn't do it. So again, just so many, basically, just a lot of people not giving a fuck. Basically, like just a lot of people not giving a fuck. So, two thousand and seven. Okay, no, 2009. Okay, so we are 18 years later. So basically what happened was um, Garrido had a bit of a mad day. He woke up in the morning and he said, Mm. I'm going to write a four-page essay and I'm going to deliver it to the FBI. And in that four-page essay, I'm going to tell them how I have managed to cure my own sexual deviance and that's going to help them cure other people's sexual deviances as well. So this is what I should do with my day. So he got in his car or his van or whatever, got the two girls, so JC's daughters, uh, drove to an FBI, like the audacity, like the sheer yeah. arrogance of this, drove to... Still, like he was obviously still mad on the drugs at this stage, was he? Well, like he was, he was getting drug tested a lot. So I would okay. say actually at this stage, probably not, okay. I would think. Okay. But I mean, who knows? I mean, obviously completely deranged, yeah. you know, either way. So he drove to an FBI office in San Francisco, handed in his four page essay, How to Cure a Sexual Deviance. And they left him off on his merry way. Like, would you not be saying, hang on a minute now, listen, if you just were really eager to hear about this essay. You sit down there now. Do you want anything from the vending machine? Yeah, we'll get you a coffee. We'll get you a coffee and yeah. and some chips. Okay, and then we'll have a chat. Like, what the fuck? Again, people just not giving a shit. They're like, thanks, Grand. We'll read that later. Yeah. Um. So then he went off. And I'm sure you remember this because I think we've talked about this. Uh, he visited the Berkeley campus in uh, California. So he visited this university campus and he had the two girls with him. And again, the arrogance. He went off to meet the special events officer. Mm. Uh, her name was Lisa Thompson and he was saying that he um, you know had this church and he wanted uh, to hold it was called God's Desire he wanted to hold a special event so how would he go about doing that and at this stage the daughters were 11 and 15 so this girl what she commented on was the fact that he seemed obviously very erratic mm-hmm. and the girls were very sullen and submissive but the the one thing that did strike her was that it seemed like these girls, because they were so pale, it was almost like that they hadn't been exposed to sunlight. Okay. So we've mentioned this in terms of like our dim sum skin or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So uh, she was like, listen, but we I'll... hadn't been kidnapped by anybody. No, no, no. Or we we, hadn't. we just was... can't tan is the thing. Yeah. Um. So she went off and she said, yeah, okay, look, if you want to come back tomorrow. But obviously like this girl is clued in and finally somebody actually gives a bit of a shit yeah and she's like this is just not right like this is just not okay um so basically what happened then was he said she said oh look if you want to come back tomorrow um and then uh i just want to find this here okay and so uh basically the parole officer then 
uh, got in touch with Greedo. So he was like, what's okay. this about you going to Berkeley and blah, 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 blah. Because she had ran a check on him and it came up that he was a registered sex offender. Right. And then he had these two girls with him. So she was like, okay, called the cops. I was like, this guy's after coming. He's Something's a registered sex offender. Yeah. He's got, got two kids with them. So the parole officer was like, what's this about two kids? What the hell? You're not supposed to have like kids in your presence. Like yeah. what the hell? So then... It was just, it's all happened so quickly. So basically, Garrido um, said, look, I'll bring the kids down to the cop station or whatever. You can meet the kids. So he brought the kids down, and he, the two daughters, and he was accompanied by J.C. Dugard. So she went with him to the cop right. station. And again, like so, even when the parole officer got in touch and said, what's this about the two kids? The parole officer didn't even go to the house. He said, look, you have to bring them down to the cop station tomorrow. So again, nobody giving a fuck was just like, yeah, if you don't mind calling in tomorrow. So this, how long after the capture was this? Well, this is 18 years later. Right. So she was, uh, they took her when she was 11 mm-hmm. and she got, Pregnant three years later. Yeah. So the eldest child is 15 at this stage. Yeah. Like, this is fucking insanity. Yeah. Like, they've lived, they've known no different. Yeah. And so JC Dugard goes to the cop station. Yeah. And this, again, like, you know, it comes back to the thing of obviously the poor thing and like what she'd went to and how she'd had to adapt to survive. She uh, was adamant that her name is Alyssa and she said that and they said, you know, this man is a registered sex offender. What is Mm. he doing with your kids? And she was like, he's a changed man. He's great with my kids and my daughters. And the little girls again were saying he's great. Like he's Mm. brilliant, blah, 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 blah. And she got really, really defensive and she obviously they separated him from, you know, the little girls. And JC, and she said eventually she said look that she was a battered wife from Minnesota. So then, uh, he the sergeant had gone into Garrido and he had confessed relatively quickly. He said, "Yeah, well, that girl out there, I kidnapped her and I've raped her for eighteen years." So the sergeant comes back into JC and she's adamant. She's like, "I'm from Minnesota." I left my husband, he was beating me and the sergeant said, look, he's after admitting that he kidnapped you and he raped you. And after that, she admitted, she said, I am JC Dugard. So she said, I was abducted and my name is JC Dugard. Oh my God. And she said, actually, in the Diane Sawyer interview, she talked about the fact that like people, it really pisses her off when people say that she's got Stockholm Syndrome because she, what was nice actually, and it kind of, you know, it's not always the case because I know, for example, um, that awful case with Joseph Fritzl. Um, like when that girl returned to the... Well, no, it wasn't Joseph Fritz. So what one was it? There was another one. Oh, I know. The guy you know, in America. The, the, no, the guy in Austria, not Joseph Fritzl, but the guy, the girl who um, was abducted by your man and then your man killed himself. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, she, and he had her in the basement kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she actually, it's, it's quite sad because obviously she never reconnected with her own family after that. Um, But what's interesting about JC Dugard is, um, and Elizabeth Smith is smart as well actually, but they seem to have very solid, like her mother features in the interview and like her mother Terry Proben like never gave up on her. She seems to have a really solid 
you know connection yeah, with yeah. the family but she said she really gets pissed off when people talk about Stockholm Syndrome because it's demeaning to her family I don't want them to believe that I actually fell in love with this person Yeah, she said I just you know makes me want to throw up is what she said she said I just adapted because I needed to survive yeah. but it's so many so many moments like she worked he had a print shop mm. and she worked as a graphic designer in that print shop so she okay. would have interacted with customers and all the rest mm. like to get to that point where you're so entrapped by fear you are completely imprisoned by this man's threats delusions the world you are living in is just so constrained that you don't see any way out any way out even in a police station where people are like we can help you and you're adamant like you've just gotten to that stage where you never think you're gonna have your real life back like it's Mm. done it's gone you're just that scared that you will still say no 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 he's great my name's Alyssa I you know that Mm. level of brainwashing I'm a 35 year old woman I've have not ever been convicted of any crimes okay I've never done anything crazy but I know when I go into a police station for some reason something comes over me and I just go sketch sketch yeah. Just my mouth becomes closed. Well, it is that, you know, you're in the car and the guards come up behind you and you're like, just take everything. It's still, I I always start to sweat when the guards are behind me in the car. Now, generally it's because there's no tax. Yeah. And yeah, we're nearly yeah. off the road. But, uh, yeah, so. How many penalty points are you now? Oh, sure, look, let's not talk about it. She um, loves so, yeah, they both pleaded guilty. Uh, 2011, uh, they both pled guilty. I mean, even when, like, they just showed the pictures of all the tents, the sheds, etc. Unbelievable fucking that it wasn't shit show, wasn't it? A fucking shit show. Uh, he was sentenced to 431 years to life imprisonment. His wife, Nancy, only got 36 to life, which I just think is not enough. Uh, he is a person of interest, Garrido, in another San Francisco um, missing person case. 2010, okay. the state of California awarded the Dugard family 20 million. And she does have that book, 2011, uh, A Stolen Life. And she has another book, Freedom, My Book of First, etc. And um, I mean, seems, dare I say, relative, relatively well adjusted, etc. for what mm. she's gone through. Um, but she's obviously, it goes out saying she's, there's no details about where I she's know. living now. You know, she's just trying to rebuild her life with her daughters, etc. But just utterly terrifying stuff. Well, not just, but like one of the elements of it is the fact that she was 11. I mean, it's so, so young. And you can totally understand how she would have been in these situations, like in a police station, in the job, working for him or whatever, where it mightn't dawn on you in that moment to do a legger because you've probably you've been you know this has been going on a long time yeah there's it's probably like a level of acceptance like this is what your life is unless Mm -hmm. like the police kind of barricade into the gaff and start calling your name and your parents are there or you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like a very obvious sign that okay actually something's fucking happening now Mm -hmm. because I mean you would, like, of course, and it would happen for the parents as well. It would happen for everyone involved in it. The longer it goes on, it's hard to keep your hope alive. But she well, obviously still had hope because she, 
obviously was able to stay strong and, you know, kind of... Well, it's it's interesting you say that because I know you didn't watch the Madeleine McCann Netflix documentary yeah. and I really would not... And I know we talked about this with the with the Central Park Five and you were totally right. But I was saying, I don't know, should people watch these things because they're so disturbing and you made the point, like, you have to, to just, you know be awake to what's going on in the world but I will say just an advisory note that I think the last episode of the Madeleine McCann I don't think it's good for anyone to watch it it's just so many people have told me that they could not sleep for weeks after it it's just so much but at the very end, they do mention Jay-Z, D- Jay-Z Dugard. Jay-Z. Jay-Z. That's fucking mad. She's also got a bit of a rap career going on. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> Jay-Z Dugard, they mention that case. That that case in particular obviously gives, gives the McCann's a lot of hope. Yeah. And, you know, Jay-Z does talk about that. She says, you know, like, I know that my story does give people hope but of course the sad thing is you know the sad truth is that mm. very rarely the reason we're talking about JC Dugard today it's a rare, yeah. is because it's so rare it just yeah. you know unfortunately it just doesn't happen you know as much as we would like it mm. to but you know it is very much held up her story is the story that gives missing people's families hope because I mean you would have thought 18 years and she was only really up the road she was in the same state Insane. And she did. Uh, she did manage to keep one thing. She managed to keep because um, she was dressed all in pink the day she was taken. So yeah. her mom, like a lot of the things she would have done, they were you know very much pink themed, etc. Was her favorite yeah. color and all that. And even in the Diane Sawyer interview, she's wearing like her pink shirt. And but she did manage to keep a butterfly ring. So she said that that one thing on some level did give me hope. It was the one connection I had to my okay, previous yeah, life. Yeah. It was the one thing that he couldn't take away from me. But it is, it's it's a wonderful story in the sense that it has, you know, a relatively happy ending, but it, it's it's fairly harrowing. I mean, I think you kind of throw out these facts. She was held for 18 years and, you know, she was torture and held in these ha- you, you can't, can't have any comprehension you can't even comprehend it and I have to say even like when I was a kid did you have this I would have nightmares about being kidnapped mm. like fucking full on nightmares mm. that was my greatest fear as a kid I don't well, know who I, I thought was out to the get thing the that fucking tra- ginger freckly kid. I, mean. I know. Well, the thing that traumatised me. But then I think that's, I just think that's something that kids fear. Because I know my aunt teacher, who I mentioned a lot, she always talks about um, when she was a little girl mm. in the convent, that the nuns were always going on about the communists. And we had to pray that the communists weren't taken over. So she would always get upset that, that the communists were going to come okay. in her window and take her. She See, obviously didn't really know. understand that communism is essentially kind of a fiscal policy. Yes. They don't really want kids. But Jer <laughs> was like, no, they'll take me. Like, that's a fact. Maybe it's a thing. Yeah, because there was this thing. And I remember it was actually our PE teacher. So we had this PE teacher, Miss Hobbs. Shout out, Miss Hobbs. Hashtag Spawn. And um, obviously her name was Miss Hobbs and it was like the biscuit. So you could kind of... It writes a, itself. You could kind it of get on board itself. with her straight away. But itself. she was... Really nice, really good with kids. Everyone loved, loved Miss Hobbs. And then one day, Miss Hobbs starts kind of talking to us about that somebody was going around in a white van. These white fans. These fucking white fans, Judy, trying to get kids in the back and gave us a big, like, talk and, you know, whatever. And everyone else seemed to be fucking chilled after, like, yeah, Grant, can we just start playing dodgeball now? And I was like, 
sorry lads like what what are people doing about the white vans just telling us to keep sketch like is that is that all we're being offered here but I don't know was there actually white vans or was that just their way of kind of getting into the stranger danger talk do you know Mm. what I mean because obviously the the JC thing obviously it's obviously a very rare case because she survived it's also very rare because you know the majority of the times when abuse or kidnappings or whatever happened, it's people that the kids know. Of course, yeah. Obviously as well. Well, and of course the stepfather. But were the white fans real, Judy, is what I'm saying? <sighs> I wonder. I know there was a spate of, inverted commas, white, ba- white fan stories uh, floating around. But I don't know. Really. I think, well, to be honest, I'm thinking, both, of a co- I'm thinking of a couple of cases. There, Yeah, I'm thinking of a couple of cases and those instances people did have white fans. Like there was that infamous case of the little girl who went, who was kidnapped in Donegal years ago. All right. Yeah. And they had a white van. And, you know, so I I think there was mm. probably a basis to the rumour because, of course, being, you know, realistic about it, I suppose it's a good way to disguise, like uh, from a visual point of view, mm. a van makes sense if you're going to kidnap someone. Yeah. Like and you're then, not going to do it in a convertible, Emma. No, you're not going to do it in a mini. Because um, then actually, um, I don't know, we haven't talked about this on the podcast, but you know the way you have that mate who's like the Jerry Halliwell? Do you know that mate? Oh, like into the angels. And yeah, 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 yeah. Like I smelled chip fat, so I know my dad is with me. Yeah. That was one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're in a chipper, Jerry. There's, uh, You're in a always, chipper. They always bring it back to them. It's like, well, like, you know, I had a serious illness where I was in the hospital for eight months. Like, everyone's like, no one, what was that? No one remembers that. Oh, it's when I was away. It's when, like, like it's just, I don't want to talk about it anymore. And you're like, you're full of shit. But my Jerry Hallowell mate um, used to have a story going around that someone tried to get her brother into a car. And I think they'd had an argument or something. And this was the story. They'd had an argument and he'd walked ahead, kind of like stormed off or whatever. And she's like, you know, and as she got around the corner, she saw that there was a couple trying to get him into a car. And she kind of went up shouting, going, what are you doing to my brother? And the car drove off. And we're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's fucking insane. And I remember telling my parents about it. And they're like, well, you know, your friend's a very brave girl. But now I'm like. Well, not just now, but a few years after. I'm sure my parents were like, you know, oh, you're full of shit. (laughs) But there was always that Jerry friend. Like, we had a friend and, you know, she would tell you things like, oh, you know, I tried to kill myself. I wasn't in school last week because I tried to kill myself. And you're like, what? Yeah. And then she'd say, well, I took the wrists. And it's like they're just giving themselves a little kind of rubbing it for a while. Just a bit of a Chinese burn kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. For anyone that doesn't know, you were a kid in Ireland. I don't know if this is an international thing, but a Chinese burn was basically when you grabbed your friend's arm and you twisted both your hands and you twisted your hands in opposite directions. That was called a Chinese burn. Um, But like that kind of, I'd be like, are you sure? They'd say, yeah, you know, I wasn't in school because. Um, tried to kill myself I took two Panadol and you know went in and the doctor said I feel really sorry for you because you really meant to do this but there was always some story like my dad's having an affair and I caught him in the act but it was like it was like Cluedo it was like Cluedo so one day will be I caught them shifting on the couch and then you know she 
trip up because she'd tell another friend, oh, I walked into my kitchen and there they were, like she was just bent over the kitchen table. Yeah. Or like, you know, it was in the garage in the car. Like it really was like a murder mystery. Or like the dad's a big alco and then like two weeks later... You know, he, he's running the marathon. You're like, something's not adding up here. Oh, he can't well, the be doing fake, all can this I training just say, on the pines. The fake alcoholic dads really piss me off. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Honestly. It's just, yeah, it's, it's really, really, honestly, it's, it's just. Not right, but, but it's okay. Or my I parents are getting separated was another oh, one. Oh, classic. Classic Jerry, Jerry mate. I think my parents are getting separated. Yeah, in other words, this was the conversation last night. You're upstairs. Oh my God. I think my parents. Yeah. So it would always be your mom. And then your dad would say. That was a classic one, wasn't it? Well, I kind of use a version of that now if I get caught out in something or I'm consistently late for something. And you can have this, you can keep it, it's yours. I've just got a lot going on at the moment. Oh, that's that's kind of building on our previous you don't know my story. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I do know your story. Yeah. Because I'm your sister and you I don't was know, there you too. Have, you, have, you have to say it in a certain there way. It's the whole thing. So you, you say it to me now and then I'll, I'll say it back the way you're meant to say it. I'll get ready for the You acting. don't know my story. No, you say, Emma, why are you late again or whatever. Emma, why are you late again? <sighs> sorry, I, sorry, I just I have a lot going on at the moment, you know. Okay, yeah, no, I'm convinced. Yeah, free pass. Woo! Free pass. Yeah, no, that's and a good one. And it's nothing. Oh, I've on. forgotten about that. I think my parents are getting separated. That's a great one. Yeah. My Jerry had cancer. Didn't actually you know have what? cancer, there were but a lot of, fake cancer. Yeah, there were a lot of fake cancers floating around, I have to say. She just wore a scarf inside for a while oh and kind of looked God. sheepish. It was bad. And then some, well, now, I think Jerry Holloway met her match because then there was another mate saying she's full of shit. And she said something like, we should ring the guards. Like, it's fucking illegal to go around saying you have cancer when you don't. Like, that was another Jerry in the midst there, just a different type of Jerry. Yeah, it's Who a different type of Jerry. <laughs> like, you'd love to read to ring your local guard station and be like, just on the basis, even within the context of what we talked about in the podcast yeah, yeah. today. So it's like a 90s thriller and they've got all the post-its and the pictures yeah. and they've got their whiteboard marker and they're just linking everything together. And you ring up and you say, stop investigating that murder. Yeah. I have a friend who cancelled a dinner because yeah. she said she has cancer. Yeah, this is her address. Do I think it was only it. a four day cancer as well. Like she hadn't got the, the last... Got the, Oh, that reminds me, I don't know how this has popped into my head, but I remember years ago when I was in um, Australia and a friend of mine, uh, well, I say they were holiday friends, you know, Um, we were, we were on all on Holly Bobs together, etc. But I know one of the girls had said that she'd gotten an abnormal cervical smear. Oh, yeah. So she had to go back. But you know yourself, like the, like they... And by the way, if you're listening to this and you've recently gotten an abnormal cervical smear, Fret not. There can be many, many reasons why you mm. get them. You know, it's it. There are me, there are plet, There's a plethora Actually, of reasons as to why you get they them. They can make messed up. Yeah, the it's not process exactly. where they contaminate the test and like oh shit. Yeah, it's not necessarily something to fret about. You know, um, but obviously you have to get investigated and all that kind of thing. But uh, so I remember she got an abnor- abnormal smear. Yeah, and she said, "Look, I have to go back to Ireland because I've got now this girl." 
uh, had reinvented herself with a new name in Australia. Oh, so nice. like there were a lot of red flags with this girl. Mm. Um, bit of a mystic Meg. Uh, you know, she'd say things to me like I'm a little bit psychic, Julie, that kind of thing. So the fun, the thing is I was kind of like just, the I was that friend. It was just kind of dragging all these like stray dogs along with yeah, her. Yeah, so like yeah. the, the rest of the group were like, Julie, what's going on? I'm like, look, it's not a big deal. She's just a bit psychic. And people were like, Julie, listen to yourself. There's so many red flags. So she got an abnormal smear. She was like, I have to go back yeah. to Ireland. And one of the other girls, um, she decided to throw her party before before she left. And I remember it was me, this girl who threw the party, yeah. the girl with the abnormal smear who was a little bit psychic. And this yeah. guy, this guy that I later discovered had ridden the both of them on separate occasions. Oh, so I was okay. kind of playing them both off. Lots of tension. And he ended up in prison actually for right. a while. Um, but it, that's like a total other story. Um, on felony charges. So it was just like this real mishmash of personalities. Okay. So the girl and these had the smears. There were all there. The four of us are in this tiny apartment and the mm. girl who had the part who put, who put the party on was like, I just want to say, let's just call this girl Sinead. Mm. Okay, Sinead's her fake name that she'd given us all in Australia. I just want to say Sinead lived life to the full. She was a really good person. And, you know, it's not for how long you live, it's how well you live. And oh, oh, something on the lines of only the good die young. So basically the whole thing was like past tense, you're dead. And the other girl was getting really pissed off. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I've only had an abnormal smear. But like the other girl was like, look, I'm just so sad, but I'm just so glad you came into my life. And all this, but sure, your one came back, got the smear done again, everything grand. I don't know what I don't know what went on. Sure, she was back in Australia within a week, I'd say. Definitely within two weeks was back. Fuck sake! But I'll never forget. And your one was there in the all black outfit. No, and I can re- yeah. Now just now nothing too, but you know, like a black mm, top. Respectful. And black but I can remember this is a hundred percent true. I can remember we were putting on our different tops or whatever, trying on a few tops and different bits and bobs mm. the night out. And I wanted to wear a yellow top, and she's like, "I don't think that's appropriate." She's like, no. Because yellow is the colour for new life or something, isn't it? New beginnings. Well, I think she just meant this is essentially yeah. awake. You know, I like think she's the moral had the abnormal smear. It's done. Well, there's lots of morals from that story. But the moral of the story is be sketchy of people who give themselves new names. Even on the light on the lighter side of that, people who add letters to the name that their parents gave them or drop letters yeah. sporadically. So there was a period there where every second girl in Ireland was called Sarah. And then there was a few Sarahs that decided on their own accord. Sarah. Sarah. Once they made the confirmation, they got fucking, I don't know what happened, a new set of confidence. There's a few quid in the back pocket and they said, I'm going to drop the H. And they didn't realise that Sarah and Sarah are different fucking names. Kiara, you're Kira. Kiara. Stop. Who's yeah. doing that? People doing that? Well... Kiara. I did encounter Kiara. Go on. Get the um, But yeah, so, and I know that's not really a story and it's probably a had to be there, but just sitting there in this tiny, tiny room and one girl awake. is fuming while the other girl is like going through the obituary. <laughs> Only the good die young. It's true though. Um, if I wanted to be a star, I probably should have died about two years ago, but sure, look, soldier on. 
so look, it's that's, I think that's a good way to end the comedy podcast. And it's good <laughs> to think that after the topic at hand, that yeah. we're putting our problems into context. Yeah, yeah. I think is good. So I've been Judy J. I've been Emma Dorn. Thanks so much for listening, listener. You are the best and we love you. We Mwah. love you so much. God bless. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. 